0: was
1: only beef soup welcome to Arnie Geddon I'm Cam Smith And I'm Tony G. And we're here this time to take on Arnold's cameos. That's right, where he appears just briefly and sometimes in briefs. (laughs) Yeah, because Arnold, you know, you think of Arnold. He's this great icon. He has headlined how many movies that have become legendary. So it would only make sense that if you plug that amount of talent and charisma into just like a fraction of a role the movie or TV project will just explode. Am I right? Well, I think that's what a lot of these
0: cameo uh, directors were going for. I don't know if it was a total success.
1: <laughs> Implode may have been the better word. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and to be fair, some of them uh, come from a time when Arnold maybe wasn't as established that's as, right. as he is now.
1: Yeah, so what we're going to do is... The first few we do are going to be kind of earlier Arnold, before he was a star. But the way we're looking at this is... Um, We're kind of tracking the career of Arnold through his brief appearances in movies and TV. We are not going to be covering commercials, music videos, things like that. Those are going to wait for, I think, a little bit further down the road. What I'll add to is it's
0: almost certain that our list here is probably incomplete in some way. There were a few cameos that we were able to find as existing at some point in the past, but no longer exist in any form that we're able to track down. So this will be a little bit different from the way we normally do things on Arnie Arnegeddon, where we expect our listeners to have seen the movies that we're talking about. That's probably not going to be the case here, but...
1: And I'm really, really sorry if it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of these are... we'll call them esoteric. They're tough sits is what they are. <laughs> uh, but what we'll
0: do is all the clips that we have are available in some form online, and we'll put up a list. Uh, Probably in the show notes, but uh, if you haven't seen these, just go to www.arneygeddon.com and we'll provide some links to where you can find these.
1: That's right. I will have them all hosted on the blog post. So just head over there if you're unsure of, you know, you don't quite know that much about Scavenger Hunt, for example. But you're dying to. That's right. So let's jump into Arnie's first brief role And this isn't a cameo yet, because Arnold, I mean, I guess he is known, because he has been in Hercules in New York. It hasn't really done what it's supposed to do for him. Uh, And so he shows up a couple years later, almost starting back at square one on the big screen, in a brief role in Robert Altman's film, The Long Goodbye. That's right. This was 1973.
0: Arnold had come off of Hercules in New York in 1970. So there was a little bit of a hiatus there from the big screen.
1: Yeah, I mean, after Hercules in New York slash Hercules Goes Bananas, you can understand why there was a hiatus.
0: Right. So he dialed back to a
1: little bit of a less prominent role. In fact, one where he's not saying anything at all. That's right. But he shows up in this scene, and this movie is actually really terrific. I recommend it to anyone out there. It's a really great, like, hard-boiled film noir uh, starring uh, Elliot Gould. Who's just chewing scenery. That's right. Yeah, he plays Philip Marlowe, the famous detective created by Raymond Chandler. And uh, this is one of uh, Robert Altman's early great films. But there's a scene where the Philip Marlowe character is taken to the office of a like crime uh, kingpin, played by Mark Rydell. And who should be one of his goons? Are- yeah, who's, who's spotted over the left-hand shoulder? Yeah, but usually on, it's Fen, but not this
0: time. Not this time but none other than a mustached arnold schwarzenegger or at least i think he has
1: a mustache it's a it's a pretty faint mustache it is very faint <laughs> you kind of have to lean in and really look but it seems like there's something there yeah and he doesn't have anything to say and he doesn't have that much to do he is clearly there as literally the muscle yeah he yeah no lines of dialogue and he kind of stands there just looking imposing while Elliot Gould trying to talk his way out of trouble. Uh, He he does bounce his pecs needlessly. (laughs) Hold on, that's after, because first off, he's just standing there while everything's kind of being set up. Uh, All the players are being assembled. But then the crime lord, Mark Rydell, who's a little unhinged, demands that everyone start taking off their clothes. Which people proceed to do. And
0: Arnold is very quick to pull his off. Everyone else has objections to it. Sure. Um, But Arnold's
1: character does not. And so he (laughs) pulls his shirt off and starts bouncing his pecs like Bolo Young. He definitely does. And I will say, you know, you look at this room and all these guys assembled as they strip down to their underwear. Uh, One of these guys is not like the others. No, you have Arnold Schwarzenegger. uh, And I didn't look it up before the episode, but I
0: should have. But this is... Uh, bodybuilding heyday arnold schwarzenegger so uh i'm not sure if he was uh mr olympia or mr universe at this point but he certainly looks like he could give it a run for its money one way or another
1: yeah he would get the title for the pumping iron you know documentary that's like 75 76 or something like that right right the movie came out in 77 but it was probably 76 when he got it i'm guessing i don't know but either way yeah it is right around that era where he's But he'd won it i think five times yeah yeah so anyways he's looking
0: good Mm -hmm. we're talking prime bodybuilding arnold uh he very awkwardly drops his pants down to only about knee level (laughs) and then uh stands there in a very fetching pair of yellow briefs (laughs) Uh, (laughs) just cracking his knuckles and trying to look menacing
1: yep and that's about it for the scene really So, you know, it's definitely not a good kind of window into the charisma that Schwarzenegger will bring to the screen, but it is a good preview of the uh, shirtlessness you'll see in the future.
0: Yeah, and it's unfortunate because at this point, I mean, Hercules in New York, uh, we talked about it on that episode, Arnold could not really speak unaccented English that well. Right. And so it it would have been nice to see how he did in the three years following, but we don't get that chance
1: here. For sure. So I think what we should do now is maybe we'll rate each of the cameos on a scale of one to five. Oh, you didn't tell me this before the episode came. (laughs) (laughs) So we're really rating them for how effective they are. Are we? I think so. I think <laughs>
0: Okay, I, I think that effectiveness is something of a nebulous and uncategorizable metric, but we'll do our best.
1: I think yeah, we're looking at, you know, do they have that punch you hope for? Like when Arnold walks on screen, has his moment, does it grab your attention? Does it feel like a moment you're going to remember once this movie or TV show's over? Okay, that's okay. fair enough. I like So, that. what do you give his appearance in The Long Goodbye?
0: <laughs> hmm. Out of five, uh, you know what? I'll give this one a three and a half. We'll we'll see. I I, I haven't rated all of the other ones in my mind yet, so that might come in high or low. But I think that uh, this is Arnold's first appearance after the Hercules disaster. Uh, We see him in a mustache, which we don't often get to see Arnold in. Yep. And we get to see his physique, which is the big reason why he became such a star in Hollywood right and those yellow briefs they're memorable
1: <laughs> yeah I give it a three myself it's definitely very memorable um he definitely cuts a uh, imposing figure in the scene but he doesn't have like the charisma that spark of Schwarzenegger you'll get going forward because he really hasn't found himself as an actor yet either
0: fair enough I can I can live with a three it's funny isn't it how Uh, we say we're going to rate this out of five, and then we give half marks. Like, why didn't we just make it out of ten?
1: So, I'll I'll accept three. (laughs) Uh, I will say, though, this is one of the best movies Arnold Schwarzenegger's ever been in, so I uh, recommend it to everyone. That's true. Okay, so let's jump. One year later, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, appears on a one-hour special starring... Is it a special or is it a TV movie? What would you call this? It's one hour. So it's a special, A short
0: TV movie.
1: (laughs) Starring Lucille Ball and Art Carney called Happy Anniversary and Goodbye. And it is about a couple that on their 25th wedding anniversary, you know, things are getting a little stale. So they kind of start to explore other avenues. And one of the avenues explored by one Lucille Ball is a uh, massage by a handsome stranger. Uh, not The Handsome Stranger from
0: The Villain. That's right. But by Arnold Schwarzenegger playing puzzlingly
1: an Italian massage therapist. I think there might be a bit of behind-the-scenes stuff there because I was actually reading in Arnold's book, Total Recall. He said this was his first major appearance, which I didn't really understand what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's working with two bona fide stars. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Lucille Ball and Art Carney. Uh, what
0: I'll say is just tangentially here is... Art Carney did pop up again with Arnold in uh, Last Action Hero. He played the, I can't remember what it was, the cousin or the uncle right. who got blown up and was right. uh, a motivator for Arnold to get revenge.
1: Right. But yeah, Arnold said because Hercules in New York really hadn't come out at all, this was what he saw as his first big appearance. And so he said that, you know, he went to the read, he didn't have an agent or anything, and they wanted to do, you know, a script reading as would be often be the case for a comedy special. And they sat down and had him read, and he was like, hello, I am here to give a massage. Like, he read it like, yes, he could prove he could read. <laughs> <laughs> and he said Lucille Ball was like, okay, and kind of took him under her wing, and worked it through with him, and did a bit of improv with him, and he said really carried him through the scene when they performed it. And he said, actually, after this, she stayed in touch with him all the years later. But whenever he would have a new movie out, she would send him a letter with compliments about the movie that he'd made. Oh, that's a sweet story. Yeah. So this scene, though, this scene where he is playing, I mean, he enters and he says, I am Rico. Right. Which was, I was going to, sorry, pay off on that. When they did the read and it was working, when they were clicking and the improv was flying, the director said... That's an amazing Italian accent to Arnold. And Arnold said, but it's German. <laughs> they didn't care, obviously. Well, they, they laid it on pretty thick by having
0: him also say things like, scusi. <laughs> uh, and interestingly enough, maybe just playing off his last cameo, he has the line, take off your clothes. Right. Or I mean, take off your clothes. <laughs> what I will say about this clip, though, is Arnold Schwarzenegger, or at least Rico, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger is the worst massage therapist of all time (laughs) he's literally just giving like arm burns to lucille ball and like uh, like slapping her hand and doing that uh that cliched uh turkish massage where you're sure like kind of like the karate chop -chop chopping on the on the spine there so he, he wouldn't be my first choice for a massage but w- one of the things i did like about this scene this was a tv
1: show that was filmed in front of a live studio audience which he didn't know they said they were going to shoot it live and he thought that just meant like i guess live to camera and he was surprised when there was a crowd oh i didn't i actually didn't know that yeah but they uh when he enters the scene you can hear the
0: crowd yeah um just be amazed by this guy and he is truly formidable at
1: this point oh totally and it's really I think a, a credit to the scene in that Arnold is obviously standing out to us as Arnold Schwarzenegger fans and he's totally working in the scene he's funny he's charismatic he doesn't seem like an awkward first timer on camera so he has like the presence but on top of that Lucille Ball and Art Carney are just genuinely funny so the scene actually really works
0: Yeah, it really is. You know what? It's kind of interesting. I mean, 74, uh, we're recording this in 2020, so that's, uh, what, 45 years ago, 46 years ago? Uh, It is amazing how funny Lucille Ball and Art Carney still are. Like, they were truly craftspeople when it came to comedy.
1: Totally. And we talk sometimes on the podcast and make fun of older comedies and how... A lot of them don't necessarily work
0: nowadays yeah no absolutely i totally agree
1: because you often like acknowledge the movie uh, victor victoria which you know in its day was like a real yuck fest
0: i think it's still like a, an afi top 100 comedies of all time probably but it's the i mean the afi has a dubious record on picking top comedies
1: or just top movies period they're uh, pretty shaky there but uh, And there's no Arnold movies on their AFI, you know, top 100 movies of all time, so...
0: There should be at least 10. <laughs> yeah, that's a,
1: <laughs> that's a question mark. But I think Terminator's on their thriller one. Their top 100 thrillers. So, I'll, you know, not too bad.
0: I think but, he's got a couple quotes. He, there's a couple... Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure
1: I'll Be Back is on their top quotes one. But ultimately, like, I thought this scene actually really worked. It was funny. I, I just found it genuinely engaging. Which I wouldn't say necessarily for a 1974 TV special.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And I thought the interesting thing here, because obviously in the long goodbye, he didn't have any speaking parts, uh, but here he did. And we can really see the development that he had from 1970s Hercules in New York to happy anniversary and goodbye four years later. Because uh, unlike Hercules in New York, where in some versions he was dubbed over, he was so incomprehensible. Oh, yeah. Here he's very intelligible and not really that different at all from Um, you know, a 2000s Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Which is actually really interesting because in the past we would talk about movies like, say, The Villain or Conan about the evolution of Arnold's uh, English pronunciations. Yeah. Whereas here we're actually going back to a much closer time to Hercules in New York and actually pinning it down that it was actually even sooner than say, you know, the villain when he began to get a little more clear to English audiences.
0: That's right. So he clearly has not only been working on his physique and his bodybuilding, but he's also been uh, obviously working with a vocal coach and really setting himself up to be the Hollywood superstar that he became. Uh, I don't know if he's got quite the charisma yet that he would get later on in the 80s, like even, you know, six, seven years later. Sure. Sure. But uh, you can see it there, and it's it's neat to see. It
1: is fun. Now, what would you rate this, Cam? I'm gonna give this. Oh, hmm, I'm gonna give this one a four. I think this is actually really good for early Arnold. You know, he obviously isn't you know 1990s Arnold where he's just like superstar Arnold on screen. But I think he's really funny in this scene. I think the scene works because of him. Like the two comedic talents there are obviously amazing on their own. They could carry the scene anyway. But just throwing him in there just raises it to another level.
0: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'll go with a four as well. I think having Arnold up on the screen with some genuine stars, no disrespect to Arnold What's-His-Name, the other Arnold from Hercules in New York. Pretzi. Pretzi. That's (laughs) right. But, uh, I mean, he's up here now with uh, genuine Hollywood superstars, and he's, I I don't know if I'd say he's holding his own, but he's clearly uh, adding something to the scene rather than taking something
1: away. Right. Now Arnold did have another brief appearance uh, in 1977 in the TV show The San Pedro uh, Beach Bums. That seems to be lost to the sands of time. We could not see it. Um, I, I did. You know. I did watch uh,
0: an episode, or yeah. which I found online, or I should say part of an episode. It is pretty painful to sit through, and I wasn't willing to sift through that many haystacks to look for the one Arnold needle. Right. Uh, because I'm confident that if it was out there and available.
1: That someone would have just done the cut and put it up on YouTube or something like that. Totally. And he just plays a muscle man in the episode, Lifting Is My Life. Um, you can actually see weirdly on YouTube, though, someone has uploaded the end credits with a freeze frame of him. So, Tony, you know, what do you give this freeze frame of Arnold? <laughs> I don't think we can rate that. <laughs> I give it a five. <laughs> <laughs> I give that an asterisk. As far as Arnold freeze frames go, it's a five. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Let's jump to 1979. He shows up again on the big screen uh, in a cameo in the uh, film Scavenger Hunt, a totally forgotten film directed by Michael Schultz who did a lot of, like, kind of lousy 1970s comedies like uh, Car Wash, for example. Uh, he also directed a, a real cult classic, actually, the movie the, uh, the Last Dragon, which I don't know if you've seen. I have not. Yeah, it stars Tymac and Vanity. It was, like, kind of a hit... Uh, well, cult hit, uh, martial arts movie. It's actually really fun. But Scavenger Hunt is basically a ripoff of, say, like, it's a mad, 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 mad world. It's
0: kind of a Smokey and the Bandit kind of feel to it. But it's got that
1: mad, mad, mad world yeah, thing absolutely. where it's, like, assembling a massive cast of stars... And they all have to like race around and engage in hijinks for a contest.
0: I see what you're saying. I was focusing on the hijinks rather than on the
1: ensemble. Cast. Right. Younger listeners of the podcast may actually remember the movie Rat Race from right. a handful of years ago. Right. It's the same sort of thing as that. This one's just not funny. <laughs> at all. Now, is this a movie does it fall into
0: the trap of being an old comedy that's no longer funny or was it not funny in 1979?
1: I either? don't think it was funny and its cast is pretty low wattage when you consider the fact this was a movie that was on the big screen because like pretty much every actor is just a TV actor. There's like no real motion picture stars. I guess Tony Randall had done some movies, but by and large he was doing mostly TV. You've got like Dirk Benedict Richard Mulligan, Cloris Leachman, you know, stars like that. who Look, they were great in a lot of TV shows. Cloris Leachman did do some movies, like Last Picture Show. But, I mean, ultimately these were mostly TV talents. And this movie is just, like, it's really frantic, but it sure isn't funny. And uh, it feels ultra long. It's just under two hours, but it felt like an eternity.
0: (laughs) Now, Arnold's part in this movie, he plays Lars the gym instructor. He's not on screen for very long. Um, He basically uh, takes Tony Randall, uh, tells him he's putting on a little bit of weight, uh, puts him on the most 1970s looking treadmill I've ever seen. It's basically just uh, like two spools and a sheet of fabric that are (laughs) spinning around like he you got to believe people were losing fingers in those gears at some point. Uh, And then he throws a medicine ball at him.
1: Yeah, because Tony Randall has gone in because he has to get a medicine ball for the scavenger hunt. Right.
0: And then so he throws a medicine ball at Tony Randall who promptly falls out the window and has a bunch of kids run up to him. Yeah. And that's the end of it.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, what did you think of this scene though? Like, was it funny? Did Arnold seem to be doing anything interesting?
0: Well, Arnold, was I don't know if you can even really call it a cameo, some of these earlier ones. Because, yeah. Uh,
1: and maybe we've... This is probably a cameo, though. This is like two years after Pumping Iron.
0: Well, what I mean is some of these earlier ones, like I can kind of consider a cameo to be uh, something where there's someone of renown sure. who's who shows up in, sometimes in an uncredited role. Uh, these earlier parts are in some ways less cameos and more just uh, bit parts or... Uh, young actor or inexperienced actor parts Mm -hmm.
1: so you don't think they were they
0: wanted some of that heat from the villain maybe maybe (laughs) so anyways i'd give this maybe about a two like it's he's showing up in kind of a lousy movie he's not bad no he's totally fine but would you you know two weeks from now when you mention hey remember that tony randall scene from scavenger hunt i'm gonna scratch my head and look at you and say what
1: yeah, like, it's not memorable at all. They're not giving Arnold anything funny to do. Whereas when you compare that to that uh, Happy Anniversary and Goodbye special, the scene is actually funny. There's nothing funny about the scene with Tony Randall. So, yeah, i give it a two as well. You know, Arnold's game, but he's not really doing much. There is a scene at the end, though, that's weird. After uh, Tony Randall flies out the window and, you know, goes off with his kids, Arnold's standing up above, looking down with another bodybuilder who might be someone famous it looks like franco colombo but it doesn't appear to be because he wasn't credited anywhere and i looked yeah in the credits this person is not credited so i have no idea who it is but maybe it's some bodybuilder i don't know <laughs> well it's definitely a bodybuilder, <laughs> well, a renown i should say maybe it's someone who popped up in uh you know pumping iron or something who knows so next we jump up Quite a ways. Arnold doesn't do any cameos, really, for a long time. He's too busy for cameos. He's making bank, and he's making great movies. That and also some commercials that we'll get to in a different episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, we will, because they're incredible. Yeah, but he does pop up in a cameo in his motion picture directorial debut. And when I say motion picture, I mean TV movie. And when you say debut, you mean only one. Yeah, in Christmas in Connecticut, a movie we covered... Not very long ago at all. Christmas time, in fact. That's right. He shows up in like Video Village, basically, where a TV crew is hanging out and Arnold is on a cell phone. That's right. You can hear a little bit of his
0: voice if you put your ear right up against the speaker. Yeah, that's um, right.
1: Turn it up to full blast.
0: But he's here kind of embodying his inner Sven, where sure. he's just on screen for maybe half a second, maybe a second. Just He's just not squibbed. <laughs> that's right. It's actually a shame that he didn't have a bigger cameo here given that he directed it why didn't he give himself
1: some sort of fun little cameo
0: i don't know we talked about it on our yeah. christmas in connecticut episode uh, i don't think we have to go down that road again but it is a big question mark like why not he's on set anyways he's directing and he wants it to be successful yeah
1: why not show up as you know the guy selling cookies or something like or that or like a tv exec at the very end yeah or something like that I. it makes no sense but what do you give this cameo
0: Well, I give this cameo about what I gave this movie, which is like a one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not really noteworthy. Like, if you blink, you miss it. And the movie is itself so forgettable that to remember that little part right there is extra forgettable. In fact, I've I've forgotten what we're even talking about. That's how
1: forgettable it is. (laughs) I actually noticed online, uh, I think it was on YouTube, a lot of the comments were uh, saying that they were really annoyed that Arnold didn't appear at all in the movie. So this cameo is really under the radar. <laughs> so it's definitely a one for me. There's just nothing there. I mean, you could tell me that's not Arnold, and I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. But he does also show up in another appearance that same year, also on TV, uh, for the PBS event series. It might have been a miniseries. I'm not exactly clear. It's like a long made-for-TV biopic. Yeah, I guess. A biopic or just documentary series, I guess. I guess
0: documentary. I guess it's not really a biopic.
1: They call it a TV movie on IMDb, but it's about four hours long. So, I don't know. We'll leave that for all of you to determine what you want to consider it to be. But, um, it's basically this uh, special is a series of mostly, like, historical photographs. And, uh, you know, like, uh, read out loud accounts of the participants of Lincoln's journey through his life. And
0: And we're talking, of course, about Abraham Lincoln. That's right. (laughs) Before you get too far into it, the show is called Lincoln.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. And Arnold uh, is the voice of John G. Nikolai, who was um, Lincoln's secretary. I mean, what an interesting
0: choice, uh, because I'm pretty (laughs) sure... I mean, who knows? I I guess there was probably Austrian immigrants in the early American colonies. Sure. uh, But... I don't know. I mean, if I was picking John G. Nikolai and I was going to voice a photo of him, it would not be Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: I feel like it's probably Nikolai, and we are completely showing our ignorance to American history. Uh, you mean we're showing our Canadianism. We're, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: we, we're Canadian, although I'd be surprised if that many Americans know about John G. Nikolai. Although we're
1: recording this episode on John G. Nikolai
0: Day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All the schools are shut down. Uh, but... Schwarzenegger, he kind of comes on and he says it was the beginning of a memorable journey that was the first part that we could see and then he talks about a flying train that may have some importance to our American listeners out there Uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yep, that sounds about right, yeah.
0: And he also talks at a later point in this movie about General Ulysses S. Grant, who I do know, and you know as well. Yeah, same I'm familiar with. He's a much more famous guy than uh, Lincoln's secretary, I think. (laughs) (laughs) You think? (laughs) Yeah. Interestingly, I mean, this, this documentary... Uh, for whatever reason, has a whole bunch of Hollywood superstars voicing black and white photos. Uh, and, I mean, this movie has a bunch of people. It's got James Earl Jones, uh, Burgess Meredith, Ned Beatty, Glenn Close, Richard Dreyfuss, a whole bunch of others. But interestingly enough, the most interesting to us here on Geddon is Rod Steiger, who is voicing Ulysses S. Grant. And we, of course, saw Rod Steiger in End of Days.
1: Yeah, you're really a favoring Rod Steiger over James Earl Jones, huh? Yeah. Conan star James Earl Jones. <laughs> I was going to get to James Earl Jones. <laughs> you, threw, you threw off my mojo, Cam. <laughs> but no, this is an interesting um, uh, TV event, we'll call it. Um, let's be honest, Tony, we didn't actually watch this whole thing. <laughs> uh, no,
0: no, I probably should have given how little I know uh, about John G. Nikolai. Yeah, But we kind of skipped through and tried to find pictures of John G. Nikolai and then just played it. I mean, it's really not that remarkable. I think the the aspect of it that is maybe remarkable for our purposes here is it's an opportunity to see Schwarzenegger in yet another documentary. Because we've, of course, seen him in Pumping Iron, of course. right, And then also... Uh, wonders of the sea
1: 3d of course yeah where he was the voice of the narrator that's right <laughs> and we'll be doing another one some sometime in the future as well so he here he was just uh i guess
0: kind of honing his chops uh sure w- revving up for wonders of the sea 3d
1: okay so <laughs> on a scale of uh, one to five what do you give arnold's appearance This is more of an appearance than a cameo, but we're going to wedge it in here because we just don't want to talk about Lincoln for a full episode. (laughs) Right. So what do you give Arnold's appearance in Lincoln on a scale of 1 to 5? Hmm. I'm going to give it a 2. Okay.
0: No, you know what? Well, I was going to give it a 1, but I'm going to give it a 2, arbitrarily.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was going to give it a 5 because obviously uh, John G. Nicolay is one of the most important figures uh, that uh, I aspire to be. But um, I hope he's not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a two as well. It's fine. It totally is serviceable work, but it's not exactly like uh, grabbing me and making me want to take the four-hour journey. Yeah, it is a little weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. But this whole project's weird, so, you know. And it is interesting that Schwarzenegger
0: uh, takes on the role of another important person in American history. A little
1: later, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we definitely will. So one year later, Arnold teams up with his old buddy, Ivan Reitman, who's, uh, you know, he's got this movie he's making with Kevin Klein. Arnold says, you know what? I'll do a cameo in this movie. The movie is called Dave. It turned out to actually be a real sleeper hit. I don't know that it's remembered now. I feel like Dave has kind of vanished from the cultural zeitgeist. Well,
0: I remember it. I remember it. It's got uh, Kevin Kline and Sigourney Weaver. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin Kline plays a presidential impersonator. Yeah. Who becomes the president or who is put into the actual president's shoes when the real president suffers a heart attack. Sigourney Weaver plays the first lady. Yep. And it turns out that Dave who's the impersonator, is a much nicer person than the president, and uh, America actually starts
1: going pretty well. Yeah, and, you know, this movie, I remember, was marketed with one line that I feel sold this whole movie. Do you remember what it is? No, I don't. There was, I think, in every single trailer or commercial anyone ever saw for the movie Dave, he's wearing this sort of, I don't even know what it's called, it's kind of like the power lifter things in Aliens. Are you talking about the fishing scene? Yes. So he has these like hydraulic arms, so when you move your arms out, these large hydraulic arms move out as well. And he says this line, I once caught a fish this big. I do remember that. Yeah, that was what sold that entire movie, I feel. <laughs> you don't think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger's cameo? Well, they didn't exactly advertise that one so well. But ultimately, we go to the movie, and Arnold does show up as himself advising the president, I guess, on nutrition? I guess so, which is a job that I
0: think he actually had when he was in politics. He was very concerned about nutrition and, in particular, children's
1: nutrition. He had some kind of role like that. Right. He was like the ambassador of it or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so you see the scene. There's a bunch of kids. And Arnold is telling the president he can't eat donuts. And then he goes to, you know, shake Dave's hand. And then puts him on the ground.
0: Yeah. And don't forget he puts a donut into President Dave's mouth. That's also
1: true. Yeah, the, yeah. Would
0: the kids find that very funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we at home found it that funny.
1: <laughs> I was roaring with laughter. <laughs> it was like I was back at scavenger hunt. <laughs>
0: yeah. And that's about it. That's That's the extent of the scene. And Dave goes on to continue being
1: president. Yeah. I do remember when I saw the movie Dave. And I was, I guess, 12 or 13 when I saw it. I was probably a little bit too young to maybe appreciate it on the level that it deserves to be appreciated. I think it's probably a little more adult than maybe a 12 or 13 year old really enjoys.
0: I think so. I remember kind of liking it. I I was about the same age
1: when I saw it. So you're you're really just saying I was very immature is what you're saying. You're still immature. Thank you. (laughs) But it's a movie I should rewatch. But ultimately it is a really solid movie. And uh, I do remember perking up for sure when Arnold showed up on screen when I was young. That was just exciting to see him. And uh, I don't know. What do you give this cameo? I'll give it a
0: three. It's about as cameo as cameo can be.
1: Yeah. It's definitely, I think, a three in that it's fun. It's something, you know, my mom would call this scene cute. Yeah. It's not hilarious. The whole movie's cute. Sure, yeah. It's not hilarious, but it's fun to see Arnold. So, you know, it works. I'd agree with that. So, the same year, Dave is this sleeper hit Arnold appears in. He's in another sleeper hit. That's right. They don't put people to sleep.
0: <laughs> a movie called Beretta's Island, which as far as I know is Franco Columbo's, Schwarzenegger's longtime bodybuilding buddy. Uh, try saying that three times real fast. Yeah. He engages in this. I don't know if it, I guess he didn't direct it. He uh, co-wrote it. He co-wrote it and starred in a movie called Bretta's Island, which uh, have you seen Beretta's Island? I have not. I have. I've watched Beretta's Island and it is horrible. It is almost unwatchable.
1: You took the bullet for Brettas Island. I took the bullet for Scavenger Hunt. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah.
0: And Franco Colombo plays like, I guess, a bodybuilding...
1: uh, Interpol agent.
0: Yeah, I was going to say a spy of some kind or police agent. Yeah. uh, Who goes from place to place engaging in almost
1: no action whatsoever for (laughs) an action movie. It's horrible. It was... um, It was directed by Michael Priest, who actually has, like, a laundry list of, like, really significant TV credits.
0: Yeah, I mean, he did, um, Walker, Texas Ranger, Dallas, MacGyver, a bunch of stuff like that. And not just one or two episodes here and there, like, significant runs on these series.
1: Yeah, and you go back through the history of TV, he's done, like, episodes of, like, every hour-long drama. Like, Trapper, John M.D., everything. And, uh... I think, importantly,
0: in mm-hmm. 1977, he did do uh, a little episode
1: of Streets of San Francisco, the episode Deadlift, which featured none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. And we are going to do that in maybe like a separate little bonus episode or something like that later down the road, because it's, that's a major significant Arnold role throughout the episode, so we didn't feel it fit into cameos.
0: Yeah, so getting back to Beretta's Island, uh, what's, what's Arnold Schwarzenegger's role in this, Cam?
1: Well, he's in the gym, and he's working out with Franco Colombo. And that's it. They're just doing sets and counting. (laughs) Wearing very floral shorts. uh, Trying to be encouraging, saying, you can do it. Both wearing world gym uh, shirts.
0: Yeah, and I think watching this scene, uh, it's about three minutes, three and a half minutes long. Uh,
1: I feel like I'm still watching this scene. Yeah,
0: I highly recommend watching it because it gives you... A really good idea as to why Beretta's Island failed. Like, this is a movie that needed, um, well, not only an actor and a writer, but also an editor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because it just goes on forever.
1: And they're not doing anything that's interesting to the audience. They're just doing sets of different weightlifting exercises and just counting. They're not even really bantering back and forth. They're just like, yeah, it's really good. One, two, three, four five and you're like why like why would they not cut this or make a montage out of it i don't know and so arnold is obviously there as a favor to franco sure
0: and it's it's actually quite funny if you go and you look at some of the movie posters for this film online uh it's hilarious because arnold's in this movie hardly at all yeah but he is featured prominently on most of the posters that you can find
1: arnold's footage in this movie Looks like they didn't even put makeup on him or anything. He just, like, wandered in on a day off. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's really, it's very low rent. And not only that, you do not really get any of the Schwarzenegger charisma. It feels very, very low-key. No, it feels like he's just having a workout. Did he know he was being filmed? (laughs) I don't know. Franco Colombo had a camera and a bow tie. (laughs) Or the giant hat, like on The Simpsons. (laughs) He's like, ignore the whirring in my hat.
0: (laughs) Oh, exactly. And, uh, well, I mean... uh... Probably the less said about Breda's Island, the better, frankly. Sure. Uh, (laughs) Frankly. (laughs) Frankly.
1: Uh, What would you give this out of five? This is a one. There's just nothing here. He's not... Arnold isn't being showcased in a way that's interesting. If I want to see him doing weightlifting stuff, I can go to, you know, Pumping Iron or some of his other TV appearances where he's just kind of doing weightlifting stuff on TV, where he's actually talking us through what he's doing. He's being that charismatic Arnold we know. Here, he just looks like he's kind of bored, and it's an afternoon where he has nothing to do.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a one. I wish there was a number lower than a one. Yeah. Because Beretta's Island deserves a zero. Yeah. And this cameo is a one cameo in a zero movie.
1: (laughs) So, next we're going to jump almost a decade up to the year 2002, where Arnold shows up to um, voice the character of Baron von Steuben... Or Baron Von Stu Byrne, depending on the episode. He's credited with voicing this character on a children's animated TV show twice, but the name is spelled differently in each episode. So, again, throw a dart, pick which one you want.
0: This is what we were referencing when we were talking about in our Lincoln discussion.
1: Right, where once again we are completely ignorant to American history as well.
0: Yeah, but I gotta believe that there's a bunch of kids out there that aren't anymore because this thing went on for forty episodes, and I, I gotta say we watched two of them. I did I had no idea what was happening. I had no idea who any of these people were. It was like, it was like an American history
1: soap opera seen through the eyes of cartoon children. And this show is called Liberty's Kids, established seventeen seventy six, and uh, apparently it follows a teenager. Through kind of, the I guess, the buildup and the ongoing uh, conflict of the American Revolutionary War. Um, and it's an animated TV show, as Tony said. And Arnold shows up as a uh, very important um, general, I guess. Uh, or a baron. <laughs> I believe he did go on to become a general in the American Army. Um, and he was later Washington's chief of staff, as I look for my research. But um, There was a lot of hijinks ensuing before he became a general. If
0: if Liberty's kids established 1776 is to be believed.
1: (laughs) Now this show, it reminds me of a time, do you remember when you were really young and your parents would show you an educational cartoon and they'd be like, you're going to enjoy this because it's a cartoon. And he'd be like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not falling for that again, Mom." I remember there was one featuring, I think it was Donald Duck or maybe it was Scrooge McDuck. It was all about uh, geometry, <laughs> and it was really painful to watch.
0: Yeah, and although this show has really good reviews or relatively good reviews online, so I, I guess it, you know, hit a point or hit a nerve somewhere in the American consciousness. <laughs>
1: Although it only ran one uh, season, so it can't have struck that hard a nerve. Well, I mean, it's not like the Revolutionary War went on for that long. That's true. Eventually, you're going to run out of history. True. So, Arnold shows up in two episodes. Um, The 2002 episode is called Valley Forge, the 2003 one is called James uh, Armistead. Tony, you and I both watched um, segments of these episodes. Um, I don't know. What I will say is the theme song for this
0: show is spectacular. It's the most 2002 uh, written for kids by like 60 year old studio musician theme song you've ever heard. It's just, it's very insipid. The lyrics are uh, almost meaningless, they're just totally cloying. And there's uh, a really weird like 30 second hip hop
1: breakdown in the middle of it. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. But what did you think of Arnold's appearance as Baron von Stuben?
0: It's hard to say. I mean, I guess as far as a animated general in a quasi-educational American cartoon show, pretty good. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'd say maybe a 3. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess I I liked the fact they talked about Canada a lot in there. They sure. I I couldn't figure out whether the Canadians were good guys or bad guys. Right. I'm sure that was also important in 1776. What would it take for you to watch this whole series? Oh, I don't know if my doctor's willing to write that kind of prescription.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... um Probably a dual citizenship. <laughs> it's, you know, animated fine. It's just not something I could ever imagine watching.
0: Is it animated fine? It's got that... I think it had that kind of cheap late 90s, early 2000s crank it out as fast as you can where all the characters look the same. Sure. We had a hard time finding Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, character when we were going back and forth in different spots in it because all the faces of the characters look like generic animated characters.
1: Yeah, that's very true because we kept stopping on characters who weren't Arnold's character and then being like, oh, sorry, wrong guy and skipping ahead.
0: Yeah, like, is there anything innovative or interesting about the animation in this show?
1: No, that, I think it's totally fine. It It is what it is. But, you know, Arnold, you know, his character in this is really obsessed with, like, military sort of honor and protocol. And order. And order. But he's also really big on feeding his men soup.
0: Yeah, that that scene alone makes that worth the uh, worth the three.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you know, I don't know. Check it out if you want to. But Wait, well, uh, what's your rating? Yeah, again? my I think my rating. I'll give it a three because it's definitely more uh, personality brought to it than say Lincoln, um, but uh, it's not enough to convince me to ever watch this again. It's definitely an interesting curiosity though that I don't know that anyone really knows about like this is definitely not a high profile show
0: yeah and i mean i kind of feel like we're giving it a three because we've already given out so many ones
1: i I, I i feel a little bit bad to me it's not a two though like he's he's in character he definitely maybe, cap. I don't know, I'm, I was about to say he really captures the character of Baron Von Steuben, but what the hell do I know? I don't know what Baron Von Steuben was like. You mean Baron Von Steuben? <laughs> yeah, depending on the episode. <laughs> and he is a real guy, so once again, we're ignorant, you know, being Canadians. So uh, I, read a, I, I read
0: a little bit about him for this episode, but I'm not going to go into his life.
1: <laughs> we just want to apologize to all of our American listeners for not being up on... Uh, Baron von Steuben or uh, the guy from Lincoln.
0: Yeah, and I also want to apologize for invading America in the uh, late
1: 18th century. <laughs> yeah, we're very sorry for that. Anyways, uh, yeah, I give it a three. It's fine. Uh, but I'm never watching this show again. So this, uh, the same year as the second episode of Liberty's Kids, Arnold shows up. In a cameo that has, I think, a lot of meaning attached to it, in the movie The Rundown, which was directed by Peter Berg, who's done a lot of action movies. That's right. Well, we should say that 2003, of
0: course, was also the year that Schwarzenegger released uh, T3, Rise of the Machines, which was Schwarzenegger's last big budget foray before he went into politics.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not including the, uh, the extended appearance he has in Around the World in 80 Days the next year. But uh, we're not putting that in cameos. We've talked about that in another episode if you want to hear that. but It is kind of a
0: cameo. I mean, we discussed that in that episode, yeah. whether this is a small part versus a cameo. Uh, but we discussed that role at length in our Around the World in 80 Days episode. So sure. do give it a listen. Uh, and by the way, if it is a cameo,
1: that one is a 5 out of 5 for totally, sure. Totally, it's a 5. Problematic, but it's a 5. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the rundown, there's a lot of meaning attached to this cameo. Which I would not say for a lot of the other cameos, <laughs> but right. um, you know, it's a very simple, basic one. The Rock is walking down a hallway at a nightclub. Arnold walks past him and says, "Have fun." Right, and The Rock. This is a pre
0: Fast and the Furious, I guess, post Scorpion King, but pre Fast and the Furious. Rock. He still has hair, and it's interesting, isn't it?
1: It is. It's uh, an interesting move, and. In this moment, obviously, it's very much a baton pass from Schwarzenegger saying, have fun, you're the new action hero. I guess the question is, though, was The Rock the next big action hero? Like, did he fill those Schwarzenegger shoes, or did The Rock kind of wind up going a whole other route? Because when I look at The Rock now, I'm not sure that I feel like he filled that gap that Schwarzenegger was filling. Well, The
0: Rock's done his own thing, obviously. He can't just go ahead and make Schwarzenegger movies, but... It's hard to argue. I mean, pretty much The Rock and Jason Statham were kind of responsible, I think, for the uh, action movie resurgence in the 2000s. And I think The Rock is still, and has been for years, the biggest box office draw around. Like, you put that guy in a movie, it makes money.
1: But does he do action movies? Like, he did Skyscraper, but by and large, and I guess the Fast and Furious movies apply, but by and large what he seems to do are more family movies a lot of disney stuff um you know he's doing the upcoming jungle cruise he does those jumanji movies I forgot about doom uh, I happily <laughs> <laughs> that movie's terrible
0: yeah maybe uh, i mean i would certainly count the rock as an action star i think yeah. most people would too but i think it's kind of hard to argue that this cameo uh, isn't effective
1: isn't it it's, it's really fun i remember in the theater i didn't know that this scene was in the movie And I remember just totally perking up when that happened.
0: Yeah, especially now. I mean, we're now um, 17 years because we're recording this in 2020. 17 years later. And I think that that scene has kind of come true. The Rock has had fun and made a lot of money.
1: A lot of money. He's definitely gone the Arnold route of locking down massive paydays for sure. Maybe that's what Arnold meant when he said, have fun. <laughs> He's like, cash those checks. Yeah, he meant, do Rampage. Make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's an action movie. Yeah, I guess that one does apply. But um, are are you a fan of the movie, The Rundown? It's been a long time since I've seen it.
0: Um, I always get it confused, actually, with Walking Tall. Okay. Because uh, it's kind of around the same era. You know, I'm a big fan of The Rock, and I like Christopher Walken, so... Sure. I I probably would like this movie if I watched it again.
1: Yeah, I only saw it the once in theaters. I recall enjoying it, but not also being like over the moon. I just had a fun time with it and never really thought about it again. I liked it more than Walking Tall, though. I didn't like Walking Tall.
0: Yeah, and we would be remiss while we're on the rundown, not to mention the appearance of Ernie Reyes Jr. Right. In a more adult role, uh, who of course played Prince Tarn, the insufferable... Prince Tarn, the movie ruining Prince Tarn in Red Sonia. That's right, yeah. So, what do you give this cameo in the rundown? I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. As far as cameos go, what more could you ask for? It's clearly a passing of the torch from Schwarzenegger to The Rock. Yeah. It's brief, but it's effective, and it turns out the prophecy was true.
1: Yeah, it has a lot of meaning attached to it, and it ultimately delivers on that meaning. So, yeah, I think it's a 5 out of 5. A lot of the cameos can seem ill-conceived when we talk about, say, Beretta's Island or something. Uh, this one really is smart, and it keeps it simple. So uh, it's elegant, you know, if you will. Sophisticated.
0: That's right. It's, it is the cristal of cameos. That's right. So speaking of... Uh, <laughs> speaking of less elegant cameos...
1: <laughs> 2005, Tom Arnold phones in a favor. <laughs> oh, God, does he ever. He has written a movie um, called The Kid and I, and he's starring in it, um... Just a Tom Arnold vanity piece, of which he's done a considerable number, and they're all bad. Right. And this movie features Tom Arnold as a suicidal screenwriter, who helps a young man with cerebral palsy put together an action film for the young man to appear in, but soon, reality starts to blend together with fiction.
0: That's right. So on this teenager's 18th birthday, he has a dream of being an action star. And yeah, I mean, (laughs) you can write whatever you want after that ellipse and uh, it would be a better movie.
1: Right. Yeah. And this movie was directed shockingly by Penelope Spheris, who did Wayne's World, the first one, as well as the Decline of Western Civilization documentary series, which are amazing. I have no idea. Idea what was going on here who knows i mean clearly there was a lot of favors being called in. i feel like
0: tom arnold's career is based on calling in favors
1: that and his epic appearance in the movie carpool and the stupids and the stupids and um a big bully yeah all great films sure mikhail's navy oh it's a
0: it's he's been snubbed so many times by the academy <laughs> You can tell we're a big Tom Arnold fan. As far as I'm
1: concerned, the only good Tom Arnold movie ever made was True Lies. Sure. And I think it's very interesting that when Arnold does pop up in this movie, he says to Tom Arnold, we're partners. I think kind of alluding
0: to the fact that True Lies was was true to life or it was real or something like that. Because sure,
1: he, Arnold, of course, does. He also shows up in this film with Jamie Lee Curtis. In what appears to be a hallucination that Tom Arnold is having, he's kind of had his moment of celebrating with this kid and his family and a bunch of other people who I don't know if they're family members or not. <laughs> Linda Hamilton's there. Don't know why. Maybe she's the aunt. Who knows?
0: Oh, is Linda Hamilton there?
1: Yeah, Linda Hamilton was there. I totally missed that. Brenda Strong. Shannon Elizabeth. There's a lot of actors in this of somewhat note. It's very strange. Joe Montegna's there. Joe Montaigne actually plays the kid's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what was going on? Does Tom Arnold have blackmail material on a lot of actors? I don't know, but
0: this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, it really does. Like, it's... Uh, I mean... It sucks in a way that even Beretta's Island doesn't approach. Because Beretta's Island, you kind of be like... Ah, you know, Franco gave it the old college try. Sure. Like, this is a movie that had uh, Hollywood
1: behind it. And it is so bad. It's very cloying. And, like, obnoxious. But, Arnold pops up with Jamie Lee Curtis. Has a talk with Tom Arnold briefly. And, uh, you know, him and Jamie Lee are just playing off each other here.
0: Yeah, he says some stuff about, you know... What is real is what's going on on the screen. And then they cut to that what's going on the screen. You're like, oh boy, I hope not. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's a Tom Arnold vanity project about a Tom Arnold vanity project. It's really weird.
1: Right. But ultimately, you know, Arnold has a moment where, you know, Jamie Lee says to him, well, aren't you going to say I'll be back? And then he's like, should I? Uh, it's getting old. Uh, I, and then they him and Haw together. And then they both just walk away. And he doesn't say it. He goes, nah. And I will say this, this movie is a dumpster fire, but Arnold and Jamie Lee have massive chemistry and these two play off each other very well considering the fact that they are given material that is pretty much eaten away by rats, <laughs> like it's so rotten. Yeah, they they do, I will give it that. Uh, I mean, of the problems with
0: this movie, it's neither Jamie Lee Curtis nor Arnold Schwarzenegger. But there is another hour and a half to this movie.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: In fact, I almost want to recommend watching it for just how bad it is. It's, it is, it's one of the worst movies I think ever made.
1: It's jaw-dropping. And yet Roger Ebert liked it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so anyways, what do you give this cameo? It's tough, right?
0: I'll have to give it a three. Um, again, it's like a three cameo in a zero movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah,
1: I'll, give it a, I'll go with a three. I'm going to give it a three as well. I actually think him and Jamie Lee are fun together.
0: (laughs) We should have called this podcast uh, Tony and Cam Agree on
1: Rating Cameos. The reason I kind of paused was I was debating a four. (laughs) But then I realized that I would be insane to do that. (laughs) So I'm backing it down to a cautious three. (laughs) Because ultimately this movie does not pop because of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee. They are just like a brief oasis in a never-ending death valley of misery. <laughs> that's
0: right. Like, if this cameo appeared in, you know, Forrest Gump or Saving Private Ryan, yeah. we'd be like, oh, okay, well, that's a five. Sure, right. But unfortunately, uh, this uh, cameo has the kid and I chained around both its ankles <laughs> and has been thrown overboard into the Atlantic. ha <laughs> ha! Um, so, you know, it does provide a little bit of a flotation device, but... But it has holes in it anyway. Yeah, ultimately, this film is fish food. And there's sharks in the water. Don't forget that part. Oh, yeah. And they're spitting it out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I'll give the cameo itself a three. Okay, yeah, same here. So, then we take a few years off, and Arnold does have... Here's the question. Is it a cameo? That's up to you at home to decide whether you want to consider it a cameo. But in 2009, Arnold did some facial recognition software work to appear in Terminator Salvation as the T-800. Now, Arnold was not on set, but he did have his face scanned and did take part in the effects work that brought this character to life once again so we could see Christian Bale struggle with a T-800 Tony, when you saw this in theaters, were you excited about it? You know, I don't think I was. I I can't remember even knowing that the T-800 was going to be there. But you weren't excited when he showed up?
0: Yes, I was. Okay. Um, But I should add the caveat, I don't hate this movie as much as everyone else
1: does. Right. We Uh, were actually sort of semi-positive, kind of mixed on it when we reviewed it on the podcast. And we talked more about Arnold there.
0: But I did think it was pretty cool when it showed up. Uh, They, of course mapped Arnold's face onto Roland Kickinger's body who ultimately played Arnold in the insufferable made-for-TV movie See Arnold Run which we reviewed here. Yes did we. But I thought it was pretty cool. I mean it was I mean that stuff's a dime a dozen these days where you can de-age and map faces onto pretty much anything it seems. Yeah. We're seeing that quite a lot in a lot of movies right now. It wasn't as common back then.
1: Right and you know, you can definitely see the seams now, when you, and I think you even could at the time as well, but like the CG Arnold face looks a little dated now, especially in close-ups where he's turning his head and things like that.
0: I don't know if it does.
1: I think it looks pretty weak. I mean, he's, he's definitely... He looks like a cartoon. He's definitely got a frozen
0: facial expression on his yeah. face, uh, so he looks a little wooden, but I didn't think
1: it was bad at all. Um, There's a sheen on it, though. It has that that computer sheen to it that's just a little unnatural. Maybe I'm just suspending disbelief better than you are. You're like putting yourself in the mindset of John Connor in that scene. Like, you're terrified. Yeah, well, I am. You're scrambling around on the ground. (laughs) But I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, because, I mean, that was one of the things that people were
0: talking about with Terminator Salvation. You're going to have, it's going to take place in the future. Arnold at that point was a little bit older. He was six years out of T3. He was in politics, so he wasn't going to come back. So how can you have a Terminator sequel without the Terminator?
1: Well, CG, that's how. <laughs> so ultimately, we've talked about this one in our Salvation episode, but what do you give this, I guess, cameo? You know, I would give this a 4. 4? Yeah, I think... I can't give it a 5, because I think the CG's a little wonky. And it also is a little cheese ball, Like, it's... You know, it's kind of cheese ball this moment. It's very, like... I think
0: it's so... I think it's so cool. In it's, fact, it's I, might even, I, might, I might even upgrade it to a five. It is fan service, but... You're giving it, it a five? But it's, uh, it's the right kind of fan service. I will give it a
1: four. Okay, the, well, I, we got to disagree on something. Yeah, it loses a point for me also because he loses the skin so quickly. They're like, we can't afford this. Get rid of that skin. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> so... Um,
0: you know, if he's going to have a cameo anywhere... I think having it as himself, as the T-800, like probably his most iconic role, is pretty cool.
1: Totally. So let's uh, move on to the next year where Arnold shows up in the flesh in a brief cameo in a little movie called The Expendables. Yeah, and
0: this is a genuine cameo. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I knew he was in this movie. Really? When I went to go see it. I might have. I can't remember. They uh, put him in like the commercials and trailers. <laughs> yeah. I prob- okay, I take it back. I probably knew all about <laughs> it. Um uh, But uh, I was pretty excited when I saw him come in. How about you?
1: I was excited, but then I was bummed when he left so quickly.
0: Yeah, I was a little disappointed by that. We got more of him, of course, in Expendables 2 and 3. Right. Just to set the scene, Sylvester Stallone, playing Barney Ross, is meeting Bruce Willis, who's playing Mr. Church, some kind of CIA operative or something like that. Yep. And they're talking about uh, a new mission, and the doors open up. And a beacon of white light just shines through. That's right. We haven't seen Schwarzenegger kick open the doors of a church like this since the end of days. <laughs> that's right. And he comes in. You can't really tell who it is right away. Yep. Very quickly, though, the uh, the focus comes in and you realize that this is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger playing
1: Trench Mauser. That's right. And it's fun to watch him and, uh, and uh, Stallone banter back and forth. Uh, it's very brief. Uh, there's a little more exposition than I would have liked. Like, Arnie's doing a lot of exposition here. I would have liked just to have him more cutting up with uh, Stallone for a few minutes. But uh, it is fun. Yeah, some of the dialogue is a little
0: bit wooden. It doesn't always land. But it is yeah. it is pretty fun. It's, um, you know, I don't know if people were as excited about this as they were about, uh, you know, De Niro and Pacino meeting in Heat.
1: <laughs> but it was pretty exciting. It was. And it was fun to see it in theaters. And... I think it helps to have Willis there as well, because you kind of get the triangle bouncing off each other. Yeah, It's a fun scene, for sure. And, uh, you know, we talk more about that movie in our Expendables episode, so check that out. That was a really fun podcast, actually. Um, so, But ultimately, what do you give the Expendables cameo?
0: You know, I'm going to give it a three. I think that, uh, like a lot of the lines in the Expendables movies, uh, the some of these could have done with a little bit of editing. Um And you could tell a little bit that these guys weren't on set together for very long.
1: No, I think they did this in a day.
0: Right, like where Bruce Willis, as Schwarzenegger leaves, Bruce Willis is like, well, what's his problem? And Sylvester Stallone says, well, he wants to be president. You know, it's kind of funny. I mean, it's a funny line. Is it though? But it could have been, I think it could have been delivered a, a little bit better. But it's not
1: really funny because it's like, we don't know anything about this character Schwarzenegger's playing. Well... Obviously, Schwarzenegger's playing himself. I guess, just, but... Just under
0: the auspices of
1: playing Trench I mean, it's Moses. definitely an illusion, of course, to Schwarzenegger himself, but it doesn't make sense for the character Barney Ross to say this. Yeah, well, I'm going to give it a three. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take that
0: back. I'm going to upgrade it to a four, just f- for the sake of having all of these characters on the same line. I'm going to give it a one-point penalty for dialogue and delivery.
1: I was going to go four as well. Uh, so, you actually changed your grade to match mine, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a four. It's just fun to see these three together. Um, We would see it more later down the road, but none of the other appearances would have the spark that this time did, because this was the first time we'd seen all three of them together on the big screen. So it was a ton of fun. So, of course, after the Expendables,
0: uh, Arnold's political career came to a bit of an end, and he started going back into movies. He released Expendables 2, where he had an expanded role. That was in 2012. And then. The Last Stand and Escape Plan came up in uh, 2013. The Not Very Fun At All Sabotage in 2014.
1: So he's back and he's making movies. Sure. And in 2014, he has a cameo appearance in the Family Guy video game, The Quest for Stuff. Now, I don't even know if we should be mentioning this as a cameo Um I think it's a cameo. I think it should be excluded from from the list. I think it counts. I mean, he shows up. He has new dialogue. He's making jokes. Like, you look at the other video games he's done, like the Terminator 3 game or whatever. It's just pre-recorded dialogue from the movies. And Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, where it's his um, appearance... But it's not him doing the voice. It's yep. just a lot of really crazy Terminator fatalities. Yeah,
0: although a lot, of, yeah, a lot of those uh, the, those clips are pretty hilarious to watch.
1: I, I will say I got more enjoyment out of watching those fatalities than I did from most of these cameos, <laughs> 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 or at least a big chunk of them. But yeah,
0: so he shows up, he says some stuff, but I mean, I think I think this was a mobile game.
1: I guess so. Yeah, we watched a video of a dude playing this game so he was doing the voiceover of it yeah, and behind um, the
0: scenes at Arnie getting here. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is the things we sit and watch. Basically Arnold shows up in animated form on screen and he gives his name but it's his you know non-stage name which is this long convoluted series of words most of which aren't even real names. Uh but it's funny stuff. He also does spins on some of his popular catchphrases. And he's holding a Gatling gun.
0: You know. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. You've pretty much summed it up. Uh, I've never played the game. Uh, I'm not going to play the game just because Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it. Yeah. So on a scale of 1 to 5? I'll give it a a 2 asterisk. Yeah. Because I don't even know if it should if it actually belongs in here.
1: I'll give it a 2 as well. Like, it's not a 1 because he actually has some funny lines. But this is a mobile video game, and let's be honest, it's not interesting to watch someone else play the video game on YouTube.
0: Not really, no. Yeah.
1: Well, I would like to go out with a bang here for the big finale of this podcast, but I can't. Because we have ultimately Arnold's last major cameo, um, outside of maybe some voiceover stuff that really isn't even available online. Um, We had his appearance, an extended appearance, in the finale of the TV series... That ran twelve, incredibly dragged-out seasons. Apparently, of uh, two and a half men, the series that started with John Cryer and Charlie Sheen and ended with John Cryer and Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, he plays Lieutenant
0: Wagner, right? Uh, who I guess is a cop in this series. I didn't watch the whole episode. I only watched the parts that Schwarzenegger was in. Sure. And I have to say, I, I have maybe seen a few episodes of this show. I was not never a show that I really followed.
1: I watched a number of episodes. I think I've probably seen almost the entirety of Seasons 1 and 2 because they went on syndication when I was younger and at the house, you know, when I lived at home with my family and and it was just often on TV so we would watch those episodes in syndication um, in between something else, you know, episodes of Friends or Seinfeld or something and, uh, you know, it was fine in Season 1 and 2 but, boy, I mean, Season 12 I can only imagine. And ultimately, Arnold's character is in charge of investigating the disappearance, or, I mean, he's been gone several years at this point, but the disappearance of Charlie Sheen's character. Right. And basically, it just amounts to a lot of jokes about how the show's run too long, it's time to wrap it up, that sort of thing. He kind of summarizes
0: all the various episodic plots that have taken place. Uh, well, the main characters make comments like, oh boy, well, you can't write this stuff, and that sort of thing. Makes a lot of jokes about Charlie Sheen and his uh, you know, personal life and his personal troubles. And that was it. I think that was the finale of the of the show.
1: It was, yeah. 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 So, I don't know. What do you make of this?
0: Uh, I mean, Arnold's role was kind of funny. Um, yeah? Yeah, you know, I'll give it a three.
1: I'm going to give this one a two. I just think if you've got Arnold... Give him something really good, and this was not well-written comedic dialogue. Like it's pretty bad stuff. It's very generic, and like the laugh track is screaming in hysteria over how hilarious it is, which really just highlights how not funny it is.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. They could have used Arnold a little bit better.
1: Yeah. So you, ha-
0: you have the main guy saying "Hasta la vista, baby" to to Arnold, and I guess that's the uh, that's the joke. Uh, like a lot of these jokes where Arnold is having his, uh, classic taglines, uh, parroted back at him, or where Arnold is repeating his classic taglines for comedic value, a lot of those jokes don't land and it doesn't land here.
1: Yeah. So this one's a two for me. Are you actually surprised though, that now that we've done all these cameos, how few of them he actually does his catchphrases in? I kind of am now that you mention it. Cause you'd think that's what Arnold Schwarzenegger
0: would be called in for. He's like... Oh, Arnold, you're around. Uh, I'm Tom Arnold. I need a favor. Can you just come in and say, get to the chopper or I'll be back or something like that? Right.
1: Or put the cookie down. Something. (laughs) Yeah. But instead, he is just there being Arnold in most of these. Should he and Dave have said, put the donut down? (laughs) That would have been kind of funny. And that would have predated Jingle All The Way. So it would have meant that Jingle All The Way was paying homage to Dave. Which would have maybe
0: added one redeeming feature to Jingle all the way. (laughs) Oh god, that movie... Every time we talk about that movie, it gets my blood
1: boiling. (laughs) So that wraps us up for Arnie's cameos. You know, as a body of work of cameos, how do you think it is? Like, on a scale of 1 to 5 of Arnold's (laughs) collection of cameos, do you think he's accumulated a really strong amount of them, or is it kind of middling? I don't think so. I was actually kind of surprised when we decided
0: to do this episode And I started looking into, oh, I was like, that's a great idea. cameos episode. Uh, We're still looking at Arnold's film work, but we're looking at maybe some of the smaller parts. And we were like, this this is going to be a raging success. And then we sat down to look at these cameos and how many there are. And there wasn't nearly as many as I thought there was going to be.
1: I thought it was going to be almost overwhelming how many there would be. Yeah, totally. So did I. And a lot of them were in movies that don't deserve them, like... You know, we've kind of gone through them, but like Beretta's Island, Kid and I, Scavenger Hunt. You're kind of like, really? These are the movies he has cameos in? It's just kind of weird. It is kind of weird. So as a body of work,
0: uh, a body of cameo work, Yeah. Uh, thank goodness he did more than cameos,
1: but I'll give it a two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's pretty fair. <laughs> that is pretty fair, actually. It's weird when the ones that we're the most excited about are like his like appearance on like a 1974 comedy special
0: <laughs> yeah i mean though i mean the expendables was pretty good rundown the rundown was pretty good the other ones were pretty forgettable at best and kind of awkward and uncomfortable at worst <laughs> right.
1: indeed so that wraps us up for arnie's cameos tony what do we do next time
0: We're going to take a look at a movie that's been released relatively recently, in 2018. Uh, I think it's been getting uh, a lot of press more recently. Uh, It's The Game Changers, which I believe is on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Where a lot of people have seen it. And this is a documentary basically about protein and bodybuilding, where a UFC fighter
1: investigates what kind of protein he's eating. UFC protein working out. This is all right up my alley. This is all up Arnold's alley, too. That's right. I'm looking forward to this. And it's a new Arnold movie. So that's exciting. So anyone, it may sound like an obscure movie, but any of you who get on you know, Netflix can easily find it. So check it out and then tune in for the yeah. podcast next time.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but it's got excellent ratings.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Pod or email us at artygeddonpod at gmail.com. Please, wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review for us. You know, make a cameo of your own by throwing in a little joy with some, you know, kind words or a star rating on our page. We would greatly <laughs> appreciate it. Tony, how do they get hold of you?
0: You can find me, Tony G, that's Tony like the name, G like the letter, at ArnieGedden.com. Also, feel free to download us direct from the source, www.ArnieGedden.com
1: okay and you can find me on twitter at cam v as in von stubern smith <laughs> okay we'll be back with the game changer
0: i take my heart into battle give that freedom battle rattle get my independence sign declare it on the dotted line the doubt for Philadelphia freedom ring and Patriotic voices say red, white, and blue, never give up, you represent America, I've been in praying for a brighter day. I listen to my heart and I obey. How can I see it any other way?